Welcome to the Art Studio Insights Podcast, where we demystify the creative process and exchange ideas with career-minded artists. We are your hosts, Adriana Ame and Jackie Sanders. We are two emerging artists sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our journey. So if you're not already, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every single week. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about rethinking your creative space. But first, what have you been up to this week, Adriana? (laughs) So after unveiling four new large paintings on the last Open Studio event of Fergus Friday and getting tons of positive feedback, now I'm working on essentially what happens next, right? Um, Are the paintings (laughs) that are going to follow bigger, smaller, the same, different series? unknown right that's part of what I'm working through Um, but all of this is happening while I'm juggling a whole bunch of other projects (laughs) like an upcoming color mixing class um, which by the time you hear this episode um, there will be more details on my website there's a tab there for artists so you'll be able to see all the information there so we'll definitely have to discuss more about this in the future Definitely. I feel like you always have like a million things going on, but I I feel like also for creatives, that's the common journey, especially for career-minded artists like us, where it's balancing marketing things and business things and the creative practice. So once you just check off one big milestone, like those paintings, it's just onto the next one, the five other half-finished projects that you're trying to finish. And it's just, it's never ending. It's never ending. I feel like I'm kind of in that similar boat this week. I've It's been really weird because this time last year is when I found out that I would have a studio at our space. So I found myself being like really nostalgic this week. Um, and especially after having an amazing first Friday event, like you talked about, and my studio is going to be going through some pretty big changes in the <laughs> next few weeks, which I am super excited to share with everyone, but I don't want to say anything too early before everything is signed, sealed, delivered, official, Um, but really just rethinking my space, which kind of inspired this episode, trying to figure out layouts and maximizing use and storage to really get the most out of my creative space. And that's a question that I know, Adriana, you and I get so much from artists who come to visit our studios. Yeah, and in this particular case, we got a listener question through Instagram. Which is so exciting. Uh, from a fellow artist named Jen, and I'm going to read this out for y'all. It says, I think the biggest struggle for me has been getting organized. You're not alone. Um, no. <laughs> I feel like I'm always rearranging or trying to find my flow, which then prevents me from working because it's not already set up. Do you have any tips for setting up a functional workspace? And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Jen works from home. So yeah, we've been there. You are not alone, Jen, at all. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like that's going to be a common trend with this conversation today. And one that we have with so many artists is really how do you use what you have? Because of course, ideally, we all wish we had more time. We wish we had more space. We wish we had perfectly matched containers that are like (laughs) Ikea picture, perfect color coordinated. Um, That would be the dream, right? Just a beautiful, huge studio with perfect lighting, all the things, but you got to use what you have. And especially as a career-minded creative, being conscious of 
is something worth the excess cost? Can I make this rather than having to buy completely new um, and really using the space that you have? So like Adriana said, both of us did start all of our artwork that we're making now from our homes. And that looks completely different from our workflow now. And I don't think that working from home was necessarily like better or worse. It's just very different. So like things you have to think about in terms of storing your materials, the scale of work that you can have, and especially the workflow and how you arrange your schedule. That's totally different if you're working out of your house or out of your apartment at your kitchen table versus a studio that you have to drive to. Yeah, exactly. And it can definitely have an impact on the artwork, like you mentioned. So for me, it was really important to have a dedicated space to work in. Yes, I also started at a you know, table in a little corner, um, but essentially a space you can work in that is ready to go. Um, it definitely affected my scale at the time. So I just kept taking over spaces and going a little bit bigger, <laughs> but never enough of a space where I could literally just go completely free and as big as I wanted to that's always going to be a challenge even if you're outside of the home it could still be a challenge depending what space you get but that was definitely something to consider when working from home if you can have a dedicated area and then kind of grow mm -hmm. into it so yeah definitely the scale will affect your artwork especially if you don't have that big of a physical space to create in and so I found that, yeah, especially when I was working out of my apartment studio, as I called it, it really started as a kitchen table and then grew into a desk and then to a corner. And I just kind of <laughs> took over the walls around it until it was basically half the guest room. Um, but that definitely affected the scale of the work I was creating and what I could really even fathom creating. And so one thing that I found was super helpful is hanging things up on the walls and really being able to see it. That's just a trend of my creative process. But of course, being in an apartment, you do have security deposits. So you have to be conscious of when you move out, what will cause the minimal damage. I am honestly one who I'd rather just hang things up and deal with it later. I'm not necessarily <laughs> suggesting that mindset, but just making sure that you're using your space wisely, but being conscious of if you are renting, then putting a million holes in the walls is something that you might want to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. And besides the wall, that might be easier to fix than say the carpet. So oh, yeah. also be mindful of that. If you are an artist that likes to splash paint around, <laughs> um, that might be that might add a little complication. You may want to yeah, put some you know, protection down. Uh, yeah, definitely investing in some drop cloths or I actually use like gym workout mats that I would just like roll out because they were like thicker and then I use them to work out too, but they're definitely covered in paint now, which <laughs> I guess it's on brand. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's uh, on par for the course with a lot of artists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other consideration about working from home relationships so whether it's yeah. family member roommates you know whatever your case may be mm -hmm. um it's really important to set boundaries <laughs> yeah I was definitely in a position where I would be in the guest room and painting away you know in the zone and 
the door would fling open and the question would be presented, when is dinner going to be ready? <sighs> like I was just in the creative flow. You just got in the mindset and then like snap of a finger, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. The whole it's like, night's ruined. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like being interrupted mid-sentence when you're telling like an engaging story and then it's gone. Poof, you know, it is what it is, but it's, I think it's another consideration, you know, to set those boundaries with, you know, folks that you live with, if applicable, but mm-hmm. also with yourself. Extremely yes. important. Um, it's so easy to just wake up, you know, roll out of bed, go straight into the art practice. Um, adulting needs to happen every once in a while, folks, you know, yeah. and then you're thinking laundry and I need to do this and I need to, do it. you know, it's almost better to just try to block off some of that time yeah and say okay when I'm in there to paint I'm in there to paint not just let me do a couple layers then do the laundry then do the dishes then come back another layer because then it turns into you're just there all the time there's no separation right there's no balance work-life balance if you will so that's another exactly you consider working from home yeah definitely and I feel like a lot of people that have been fortunate enough to be able to work from home over the past year or two have really learned. And I think that's been more of a conversation in society, honestly, of how important it is to separate that work life and personal life, especially when you're in that blended space. So definitely looking at our episode on weekly workflow structure, that is what really helped me, especially during that time of designating studio time and okay, I don't have to be hard on myself for not painting because it's not painting time. Um, And another thing that I felt like I had to make a distinction between was really the finance portion of it. Um, A lot of people that may be hobby artists might not be thinking of their art as a business, but if you are a career-minded artist, then really realizing that, yes, you have a studio at home, but that doesn't mean that the studio is free. It's just a blurred rent into your personal life expenses. So I don't necessarily have a super easy answer as to how to quantify, okay, X amount of this rent is towards the art business, but at least being conscious of it doesn't mean that it's free. You still do have overhead. You still do have expenses. So that is something to think about when you do if you decide to move out of your home, it doesn't feel that big of a jump because you're already taking into account the rent of your studio because that is space that you're paying for. <laughs> yeah, and if you're definitely going to turn that into a you know business or you're thinking about turning the art into your business, do talk to your tax professional. Um, yes. They will help you figure out how much of your mortgage or your rent, et cetera, you can basically write off as a business expense if applicable, but we're not tax professionals. Just reach out to your (laughs) tax uh, person and they'll be able to help you figure out, you know, can you write off any of the space that you're in as a business expense? So something to kind of look into. Yeah, Um, definitely. (laughs) Another consideration of working from home, right? Of having a studio from the house is in regards to community interactions, right? So if you have a private working studio, not so easily open to the public, uh, right? Do you really want folks walking through your living room on the way to (laughs) your art corner? Probably not. 
Um, it might be a little bit easier. Uh, we both know of artists that have outbuildings or separate sections of their home that are independent from the main house. Yeah. Um, to make it a little bit easier for folks to come and visit you. But mm -hmm. outside of that situation, especially if you're in an apartment or yeah. a condo or something, it just kind of makes it a little complicated. So it's something to think about. Obviously, on the flip side of that, it also means it's private. Um, right. <laughs> but um, the other thing to kind of, you know, look into regarding like working from home again, not good or bad, it's just something to consider is um, mm -hmm. being that it's not community facing, there's also no artist fierce nearby. That, yeah. That's a little bit different than when you work outside in a place where you are with other artists. So if there's no like, hey, do you have any pyro red? You know, can I, can I borrow it real quick? Right. Kind of situation? <laughs> can I test this out? So, or I have a question. Can you look at this painting? I'm stuck in this section, you know, where you can kind of get some of that immediate feedback or, hey, let's go grab a coffee together and talk about like, yeah. upcoming exhibition. So there is... That, that is something, you know, that you would miss out on, obviously, with, you know, the pandemic and everything. A lot of artists found oh. out, yes, you can do some of these things online. So there is that, but that in-person interaction, yeah, that, that's the only thing. That's something else yeah. to consider. But maybe you're like, I'd rather it be that way, and I don't want to see other humans. That's okay, too. Not right. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. But yeah, again, that, is, that is a consideration of... Uh, having your studio being based in the house. Right, exactly. And I do think that is um, something good to keep at top of mind of understanding where do you thrive and where do you work best? I know I definitely, I need that focus time. I can't have any distractions going on while I'm getting the flow. But I remember some people when I was in college and art school, like it didn't matter if there were 40 people around them, they could just get in the zone. They were cranking out paintings and I just get too distracted. My social side comes out. And then all of a sudden it's been four <laughs> hours and I haven't done anything. So honestly, having that isolation could be a benefit, but it can also very much be lonely, feel isolating. And especially if you don't have, like Adriana was saying, like built-in virtual groups or even some in-person now where you can kind of touch base with other creatives, having that community is super important, um, especially if you are feeling isolated in your creative process because- you certainly are not. <laughs> but if you are fortunate enough to make the jump in terms of choosing that an out of your house studio is something that you want to do, then there are several benefits to that. There's definitely freedom with the space. I mean, kind of going off what we are saying a goal for a lot of artists is it's normally just a big empty room and you can <laughs> fill it with anything you want and everything if it's studio specific space, so like Adriana and I both have studios at art space, so they're meant as artist studios, the leniency of getting a little bit of paint on the floor or basically just like reorganizing the space is more welcomed. Um, I know a lot of other artists who even go into corporate spaces so that you might still have to worry about carpet or worry about getting paint places, but you definitely have more freedom with this space and kind of let loose in your new creative sanctuary, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, um, another consideration is going to be the commute. Um, if you're lucky enough to be walking distance, fantastic. Um, for some of us, we have to drive a little bit of a distance to get over to the studio space. Totally worth it, in my opinion. <laughs> 
but yep. depending where you live and where your studio space is located, that's definitely something to consider and the expense associated with driving there and back and the time associated with yeah. traffic. Um, and paying for parking. Even if you have to pay for parking, which some places mm-hmm. you do. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> if there's a commute involved, that is something to consider when working. Right. Especially if you're trying to juggle a day job as well. That was a position I know both of us were in at one point. I'm still in it. So trying to juggle, okay, I'm at the apartment and then I go to my day job and then I'm going to the studio. So I need to pack food or pack a change of clothes. So there's a lot of planning that's involved because you might leave at 7 a.m. and then you're going to day job and then the studio, you might not get home till late. So like packing a full day's worth of stuff is additional thing that you have to think about and consider versus a home studio where you can cook food when you're hungry. You can just change clothes whenever. Um, so definitely a lot of planning involved with an out of <laughs> studio, out of house studio. Which also brings brings the point of like, if you're going to do that, depending on your studio space again, what they allow, et cetera, maybe yeah. we're having a mini fridge and a microwave and some basics. Uh, I definitely keep a change of clothes in the studio as well because you never know when that gesso decides to tip itself all over you and you have to knock on wood steps. Oh no, it's been there. Um, yep. So, or any clothing malfunction. It's yeah, just have a spare spare set of clothes and some snacks and things, but it definitely, you know, nothing can be, you know, hey, I'm hungry, just go to a fridge and open the door and, you know, you right, know, exactly. The full experience you get at home, it's <laughs> not the same in the studio, but that's okay. Yeah. Can try to get close. But um, speaking of uh, some of the other considerations, another one and a really big one. And for a lot of people, this may be the number one thing that stops them from yeah. having a studio outside of the home money 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 so yeah rent it depends where you're at um some places have uh free rent opportunities like uh, mm-hmm. residencies and things like that take advantage yeah of that if you can if you're wanting to try out what it's like to have a studio outside the home um some other places you know they'll have subsidized rent or grants or things of that nature so definitely look around shop around yeah, um, there are options. But regardless, there's usually an expense besides commuting, there's usually an expense associated associated. Um <laughs> associated with having uh, you know, a studio and paying for rent. So something you need to consider, like Jackie mentioned earlier, you know, just because you're working from home does not mean you don't have overhead costs. They're just not necessarily as clear to figure out what they are. But if you are looking to work outside of the home that's something to consider also if you're ready um, yeah th- this is a biggie um just because yes, you financially can, yeah yeah just because financially you can doesn't necessarily mean that you or your work are ready um, yeah. to be in a space where they can be seen so something definitely to kind of sit down be honest with yourself you know, do you feel like it's at a level where you feel comfortable? Am I presenting this in a cohesive manner? Am I presenting mm-hmm. this in a way, you know, that I feel comfortable having the public interacting with it and selling it and things like that? So, you know, there are different types of studio spaces. So I'll say that too. Some of them are not open to the public. That right. might be fine where you're in an experimenting space and trying to figure things out. 
or if from a personality standpoint, you're just not ready to interact with the public and have them in your space. So, um, yeah. And also schedule wise too. I think that's a big thing to consider. It's almost like finances, if you're ready or not, where your body of work is and where you feel like your career is, if you're ready or not, but then also like relationships and schedule. Realistically, if you are not able to take blocks of time to commit to your practice to where you could commute to the studio, make some work and then having to commute home, realistically, there might be a better season of life than others to where you're able to do that. And for some, that's the huge benefit of having a home studio is you can block it off into smaller chunks Um, especially if you have a family or multiple people that you um, are responsible for social events, um, then really keeping those three factors in mind of if you are ready. Um, But if you are, then a huge benefit of having an out of the studio or out of the home studio is that privacy. So whether you're living with family or roommates or significant other, then really having a place where you can kind of check out from your day-to-day world, go to the studio, have it be your sanctuary so you can totally get into the process and then go back to your responsibilities and dinner and kids and all of that. Um, So really having um, time to dive into your process away from the noise of the rest of the world is a huge, huge benefit. Yeah, so those are some considerations, you know, when it comes to, you know, before we go into the rest of it, right, but those are some considerations of your thinking, hey, you know, this is the kind of space I have, well, grass is always greener on the other side, right, yeah. you might be in an outside studio and wishing you were home, you might be working from home and wishing you were outside of the studio, right, we just wanted to kind of contrast those two for a quick minute, um, just to let you know, look, whatever kind of space you have, you can make it work, obviously takes some planning and some consideration but you can make it work yeah and there's no right option for everyone it really is based on so many factors like we just discussed and making sure that you make the first one for you and not because you feel like oh in order to be a quote-unquote real artist (laughs) I need to be doing this because that is a hundred percent there is no blanket rule I sometimes wish there was, there's not a clear path as professional artist, which is very exciting and liberating, but also terrifying because you can easily get overwhelmed with how many options and paths there are to do things. Um, But no matter what space you do have as your creative space, we're going to go ahead and list off a few of our top organization tips. We have both been in home studios, out of home studios. So no matter where you are, these are things that we have found have been super helpful and basically our defaults every time we reorganize, which for me is basically like every other week. That's my (laughs) go-to, as I call productive procrastination, similar to our listener question. I'm like, I can't create anything. I need to reorganize my space. Meanwhile, I don't need to keep reorganizing, but these tips definitely help. So Adriana, what's your first one? (laughs) I would say organizing paints, markers, uh, you know, media by types and or colors if applicable. I like to see them on open shelves. I know some people like to tuck everything in. I am more of easy to find means easier to restock, you know, when something's running low and I need another one. Um, 
definitely easier to put back when you're done. And for yeah. me, when it comes to art supplies, a lot of times out of sight, out of mind, not going to get used. So I yeah. like to see what I have available. And that way, when I'm in the middle of the creative process, I can go like, ooh, I want to grab that, you know, or, right. you know, whatever it may trigger. But I'd, I'm on the mindset of, yes, organize it. I'm not saying put a big box and throw everything in organize it in the way that is most pleasing to you and most efficient for you but at least for me it has to be in sight yeah I am definitely the same way I think that goes along with just like taking over the walls of a space (laughs) that I tend to do but especially organizing tools in their like groups like you were saying but also putting the ones that you use more often in a I guess a more functional space. So if you know you use a certain type of paint or varnish a lot, don't put that on like on the floor at the back of the shelf. That should be probably like at shoulder height within reach. And then maybe some other tools like um, saws or screwdrivers or tools that you only use when finishing paintings, you can put those in the bottom shelf. You're not using them on a daily basis. Um, and especially for me, I really work in zones, which I found was helpful. So in my studio now, I almost have three different tables. One is more of a desk admin setup table. One is really for paints and creating work. And then another table just for sketching, journaling, and ideas. So of course, materials are also placed in their appropriate zones for what I need when I'm doing those designated activities which I feel like can be helpful for really shifting your mindset and almost that placebo effect of like, okay, now I'm in admin hat. Okay, now I'm in the painting hat, which especially if you're working from home can be helpful of, all right, now I'm in artist mode. This is not my (laughs) home. This is my studio. And really putting that hat on with the designated zones. Yeah, I definitely like those ideas. (laughs) Uh, Especially, you know, packing and shipping and things like that. It's Oh it's yeah. Good to try to figure out or at least organize them, like you said, by use, by function, etc. Um right. another tip, this one is a biggie for me. Wheels, wheels, wheels on everything. So <laughs> movable shelves, uh, carts, movable desks. Um, mm-hmm. it allows you to reconfigure the space as needed. Um, even yeah. my main canvas storage is like actually has wheels on it. Um, and if any of this furniture, any of these things, which for me, like my desk, my shelves, a lot of my things are foldable, even better if you're working on a large project and you need to move things around and reconfigure or you're moving studios. I mean, whatever it is, or you spread your things around the house, you know, or if you're doing a market. Yeah. Or you're doing a market, I guess. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's nice to have things on wheels that you can just move around as needed. Yeah, definitely. And in that same kind of mindset, having pieces that can transform with you in your work, I am a huge advocate for pegboards. <laughs> so I have a huge pegboard in my studio. And even just over the past year, it has taken on so many different variations and forms. And I think I like it because of what I was saying earlier with wanting to put a million holes in the walls, this kind of avoids that. So there are different attachments. You can have different shelves, cups, containers, also different types of hooks. You can even like display artwork on a pegboard. Um, So yeah, I've had times where I've displayed my most common used materials 
in tools. Other times I've hung artwork on there if we're having an open studio event. So it's really a way for you to transform your wall and make it be what you need it to be for that time without having to drill new holes in the walls, without having to completely have spackle paint every single time you want to move something. It just makes it super, super easy. And it's nice having that mindset that you can change things literally within five minutes and it can become whatever you want it to be. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. I'm hoping <laughs> at some point I'll have a studio where I can have a big pegboard like that. Um, yeah. I find myself, really cool. I find myself trying to justify like, where else can I put another pegboard? Because <laughs> especially then now I have a collection of attachments of hooks and shelves where I don't have enough room on my big pegboards. I'm like, maybe I should get like a half one and put it above this desk. <laughs> it's like, I just need a full room of pegboard. <laughs> just that bad of an idea, to be honest. <laughs> to me, to me, uh, Cause you can hang paintings on it. They have like attachments that are like specifically art hooks. Oh, we'll definitely have to have another (laughs) conversation just on that. Yeah. Um, Another tip we have for you um, is stackable boxes and drawers, uh, translucent or at least clearly labeled. It makes it easier. A lot of times you'll see folks kind of like, you know, spreading things out, but going kind of horizontal. Uh, Having stackable boxes allows you to go vertical and in an organized way. It's easier to keep the piles of miscellaneous stuff that as artists we all have (laughs) um, in some semblance of order. So go up, not sideways, go up, but stackable. And like I said, either clear, translucent or clearly labeled has something that I found very, very helpful. Right. And that's super helpful too. Like you're saying, ideally for us, you'd have things on display, but realistically, that's just not possible in some spaces. Um, And so especially if you're working from home or your space changes based on whatever area of the house or apartment is available that day when you want to create. One thing that we found was super helpful was having a designated closet or cupboard or even a cart where all of your art supplies can live and then a basket that you can kind of take on the go for your most used supplies. So that way your bins are all together and you know where everything is. But if you know, okay, these X number of supplies I use every time I create, that way they're easily on hand. You don't have to go through all the drawers every single time. And that way it just creates one less barrier of entry for creating no matter where you are. Yeah, especially if you're working out of the kitchen table and you have to clear it every time you have to serve yeah. food. <laughs> then like Jackie mentioned, you know, having a basket uh, with at least your most used supplies that you can easily, you know, bring in and out yeah. um, into your area. Um, another tip is <laughs> you got to Marie Kondo the space every once in a while. Um, <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> if you haven't heard about that, it's basically you got to reorganize, right? Pick an area, you know, trying to reorganize the whole thing may seem extremely overwhelming. So maybe pick an area, pick a section, pick a type of material every, I don't know, every six months, just go through everything that's in that yeah. box, that's in that bin, that's in that basket on that shelf. What do you actually not use at all? You know, consider it, maybe you can give it away to another artist or donate it. Right. Um, but if it's not being used, 
are you really ever going to use it? You know, just get rid of some of that extra clutter and, you know, kind of try to pare it down to what you actually want to use and uh, make space for things that you want to use in the future. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. And I think with all of this just being said, really realizing that there is no one correct space in order to make your artwork. There's not a, oh, I can't make this artwork until X because you really can just embrace the space that you're in and use it for all the strengths that it has. So even if your space isn't where you want to be, I think a good thing to start doing is really looking inward or questioning what am, if I'm not happy with my creative space right now, one, how can I improve it with what I already have? But two, also, what am I doing in order to get to where I want to be? Maybe your goal is to have an out of yeah, I always trip that up out of home <laughs> studio, then, okay, what are you actively working on to get to that goal? So maybe it is finding, finding your art style. Maybe it's making a full collection and having your first exhibition or just building your marketing brand online. Yeah. Um, other things you may want to work on is, you know, visiting available or potentially viable spaces in your area networking, yeah. ask other artists, you know, and studio decision makers, like, hey, what's available? Am I ready? Am I not ready? You know, like, what are right. some additional considerations? Um, and also be on the lookout for applications for new spaces that may be opening up in your area. Yeah, exactly. And when you are embracing the space that you are in now, I always suggest to other artists, which I feel like I might do this too much, but really just think of the space as a clean slate and not think of this is how I've always used it so that I'm stuck in this workflow. But is this truly the most optimized way to use your space? Would it make sense if this shelf was over here, if you got another desk? So little changes that you can make that will really pay off down the line in terms of saving you time because you're not going to be frantically looking for things for 20 minutes and then frustrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And think of it this way, you know, you can always reiterate and optimize your mm -hmm. space over time. There's also no rush. It does not have to look like something out of a magazine <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat, you know, make it functional first, let it grow with you, you know, let it yeah. evolve with you. Um, you know, you can always get those nice Ikea baskets later on down the road, <laughs> but maybe sell a few paintings first and then justify True. Yourself, right? Um, just a thought. <laughs> also, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, Ikea can be very tempting, so there's that. Um, also, before we go, just want to share, we have been working on a super, super top secret project. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also for career-minded artists like you. Uh, we can't wait to tell you about it, but we just had to yeah. drop, you know, drop the hints <laughs> on this one. Yes, we are super excited to share this news with you, but hopefully today's tips did help give you a little taste of what could be for the future, starting getting your mind in the goal-setting, imagining the future mindset. But with this super secret project, we will be sharing more details next week. Um, and then we will officially release it at the end of the month in June, 2021. So stay tuned for that. All right, that's a wrap on today's conversation and we hope you really enjoyed this episode. As always, both of our blogs will be linked in the show notes where you can find episode notes, resources, and links to everything that we mentioned in today's episode. 
And if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes and share what you have learned, you can follow us on social media, um, MA Art across all platforms. And I'm Jay Sanders Studio on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.